life. Sports, a celebration. Welcome, America, to the TC and Jake show. We may very well do a show about being humble on the celebration of life through sports. Humble Wednesday. Humble Wednesday. Humble Wednesday. Jake, you know what today is? Uh, six days before the anniversary of Columbine. That's true. That's definitely accurate. Six days before uh, it was Hitler's death and Bob Marley's birthday, right? Or do I have? Don't that know a whole lot up? about Bob Marley. Um, I thought he had some kind of uh, was near it. Was he? The old I mean, you've got like David Koresh too, right? Did he die on 420, or was he born on 420? I think he might have died the night before, like late, like just Ooh, barely missed. Yeah, you don't want to miss the, it, dude. I mean, if I, was, if I was hanging on, I'd I'd say let's just get one little bit more. Um, nope, nope. Bob Marley, not 420 on either side, birth or death. Do you think a lot of people know, like, people who... Because I heard the hardline talking about reggae yesterday, and Bob was... Kind of, like, I think Bob said, yeah, I kind of only know Bob Marley. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's pretty common. But do you think that most of the people who just kind of like the way that Bob Marley sounds, and they like uh, Jamaica and having a cool drink and everything, know that the CIA was, like, trying to kill him? Uh, I did not know that the CIA was trying to kill him. Is, I'm pretty sure that's true. Um, you know, they tried to kill a lot of people, and that guy shot him at the show. Will Smith told me about that, but he had to light up the darkness. You remember that, surely? No, I don't. Uh, I was. I know you haven't seen the movie I Am Legend. This was a, a joke premised on the idea that you would watch the Will Smith movie I Am Legend. <sighs> How do you think it went? Uh, you know, I mean, it was for the I Am Legend fans in the audience, and none of them are on mic, so okay. I would say that it went well but uh, in an undetected fashion. Uh, yes, and I think that this is one of those deals where some hating-ass website like Snopes would be like, well, actually, that didn't happen. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what I'm hearing is that it didn't happen. <laughs> um, one of the CIA agents who would later... Uh, well, you'd have to read the whole entry, but there is a CIA involvement... <clears throat> pretty high up on the wikipedia page for bob marley assassination attempt and it was because surprise um bob marley i believe was a pretty avid supporter of the jamaica labor party mm, there you go yeah maybe that's right maybe it was a different sort of party but it was definitely over him saying like well it seems like these people are getting fucked and america's like yeah that's gonna keep that's gonna keep on keeping on pal it'd be good so, for us if it remained fucked it would, be, it would be better i don't know i i really i have no idea about you with uh with with movies i i feel like i am better at recommending movies that you will like than other people because right. your movie not liking this has confounded me and so i've tried to pay attention to the particulars uh, this one certainly fits one of your biggest constraints, which is that uh, it does not cover a period of 10 years. 
It covers just the length of time that you see in the movie. That that's that's always one of your boxes, right? Yeah. So so far, one for one. Um, it is a little bit in the future, and uh, but not too much like future stuff going on. Uh, I watched Snowpiercer over the weekend. That is a movie that I've had on my Netflix list. As uh, like, I I considered myself a fan of Snowpiercer before I saw it. Like, just because you the kinds of people who said like, "Hey, this is a great movie." Uh, like, I'll tell you this: whenever Trey Mitchell looks at me with a look in his eyes and says, "TC, this is a great movie," he's never been wrong. He knows what to what to put as like a uh, great movie, great movie, and uh, you know other things are just like, "Eh, it's all right." Not everyone knows that. Trey knows that. If he says it's great, fucking watch it. Uh, and, and Snowpiercer is one of his big ones. Uh, and it's been on Netflix forever. It's uh, the movie that was made uh, previous to Parasite by the Parasite guy. There might have been some other ones in there because I think that was 2013 for Snowpiercer. But have you ever heard of this movie? I have. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm looking at the, the, the entry on it now and I wouldn't have been able to tell you anything about it, but I definitely remember people raving about it. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 just two hours of an impassioned pitch for socialism. Okay, and uh, it's it's it does as good a job as anything I've ever seen of like illustrating, you know, the the divides between the classes, how how the how the different classes regard each other, like it's it, and like you know that's not my my pitch of why you'll be entertained, like separate from that it's a very entertaining movie like it's very well done it's got a lot of people in it um there's a lot of the the cockroach stuff uh freaks me the fuck out for anyone who's seen the movie that's my only thing that holds me back from a full recommendation to everyone but uh that's it's it's a great movie um and it just makes you think about uh you know stuff like uh it's it contains people in it who give monologues that could easily be used as a monologue to explain why it's a good idea that we have to kill Bob Marley because he's not falling in line, you know? Yeah. So that's what made me think of it. But I asked you if you knew what today's date was. I was going to get back to that. I know. We're both, uh, that's, 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 that's our whole deal, you know? Real and pros go, at bringing it on back. Go, go for 20 minutes and, uh, you know, do, do what we got to do. And then, uh, or it's only been six. So 20 is an exaggeration. Um, but, uh, today is 10 years plus nine days because I'm bad with calendars to the day that we published our first podcast. Is it really? It is. Well, in very on-brand fashion, we missed it. Um, I thought I knew what day it was, years. and then I checked the calendar, or I, I just went and checked the website and saw what the published date was on the, the first podcast, and I was like, ah, fuck, that was a week ago. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. I would not want it any other way. Well, it's been fun. You it know, has been, been fun. I'm not sure that I am sitting on the untold podcast riches selling boner pills and underwear that I would have... Um, maybe liked, but maybe maybe it's more about the friends we made along the way. That's uh, that's Rob Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Norm. Uh, you know, like I, I I think that our initial goal, and we we talked in the second episode about what exactly our goal was. So uh, maybe maybe we could go back and check this. Um, but I, I think that we were fairly straightforward. That was like this is something we want to do, so that we're good whenever we're being hosts and. 
uh, you know, um, I, I can have a, a, a long conversation about why uh, it's, it's, you know, all, all sorts of reasons why it was totally reasonable to change that. But you don't have to do any of that. You, you did it. Like, you know, you, uh, we had one goal. Uh, it, we, we swore to the listeners within 10 years we're going to be hosts. And here you are sitting host of, of sports radio 1310 the ticket so i i don't know about your uh i didn't know if this turned out how the way i wanted this turned out exactly how we stated that we wanted right yeah maybe but i kind of feel like you're bubba gump right now yeah, well, and it's and it's like <laughs> i'm like uh you know yeah we came over here together and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to carry it on for you but you also uh are gonna you're 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 mangled you're uh you're gonna die in this jungle but you know and the Patreon, yeah, that makes that makes probably more than underwear money. No, but, I'm, uh, I'm I have no uh, uh, mixed feelings about whether or not I liked starting the podcast. I fucking love starting the podcast. I, I like doing it every week. I I really, I mean, you know, there's ones I enjoy more than others. I have never once in, in the ten years I can say this with a hundred percent honesty felt like it was a chore or anything other than like this is cool. I'm excited to do this. Yeah, and we don't really fight anymore. Like we, you know, <laughs> that's true. The mid twenties were a were a volatile time. You know, you were trying to sell me on analytics, and I was still a grit guy. Just a lot um, of tea flying around, you know. There was, yeah, it was, a, it was an emotional time. Just had to <laughs> let Jake. some of the tea recede. It was uh, it was an emotional time as Jake Bird, who is also it's both dude guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and since I figured that out. After the podcast that we mentioned it on, I've uh, I've watched those videos like a hundred times. But nice, um, there's my guy. I recognize yeah. you. Yeah, I remember you. And uh, I think he has a. You know, I just said I've watched him a hundred times, but I usually just put it on on my phone and let it play. Or I have like the Dropbox. Uh, you know, let the audio play. But I think he has a, a shirt on that says "You can't, you can't." No, it's OJ07. Yeah, he has a homemade shirt on that just says OJ with 07 underneath it. OJ 07. Mm-hmm. Man. Um, second episode, we went. Oh, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day because uh, I saw some pissing match uh, on Twitter because it's Twitter uh, where a guy who I guess has like a podcast that I'd never heard of, but I mean, that's it most of them. Seem, it seemed to be reasonably successful. Mm hmm. And I think he does some sort of a fantasy drafting of things. Okay. I like that. And he was mad because um, the ringer had, in his mind, like lifted his idea. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, well, the ringer tried to acquire us last year. And people were like, you didn't come up with drafting things. And he's like, yes, I did. You know, I came up with fantasy drafting non-sports things. And I was like, well, we did that like 10 years ago <laughs> with uh, – Guests from the guest booking league. Yes, yes, yes. We <laughs> we drafted non-athletic related items. That is true. Yeah. So, uh, you know. I I kind of uh, had grand visions, and especially once we all went all in quarantine, I was like, boy, now you got to do it. Uh, in in the the ten year anniversary is coming past, and I haven't done it, but maybe I'll. You know, I shouldn't even say that. I should just say I've always been planning to have it be. Uh, you know, in our tenth year, or I guess this is our eleventh year. Well, fuck. Around the anniversary, uh, to put out <laughs> uh something like a, a a best of, and so I just want like you know I I, I think that we. 
that's just been an untapped thing for us for a long time. I think that there's a lot of, you know, most of the people listening to this did not listen to the first episode. If you just listen, if you just like look at the numbers, uh, that that's obviously true. And I would say they made the right decision. The last, mm. uh, you know, five years were a lot better than the first five years. Um, but, uh, we probably got a lot of good shit. Like a lot of the stuff that we talk about is like kind of evergreen. Um, and I, I, I bet that there are episodes and certainly parts of episodes that, uh, that people would really like that if we put together, like just a, a super cut of like here, what we think is like our best, you know, I don't know, five hours, something like that. I bet that's really good. Uh, you I know, would agree. It would so, take a lot of time to pare it down, but yeah, I, if you want, if you're telling me that uh, we can give a little bump to seasteading talk, <laughs> you always do love seasteading. That what it, it, it's an interesting topic. Of all the things that we talk about, that then like become, I don't, I don't mean to brag, but like you know, th- this is just the facts. Uh, we we talk about some topics that then blow up. I'm surprised that there hasn't been a larger seasteading moment. Yeah, I agree, and it's probably just because. I don't know. Um, see, my draw to seasteading was I want to live at sea, but I don't want to get sick. Okay. But the seasteading, they're such they're so permanent that I don't think you would be sick if you were on them. Eh, it depends so like, on the quality of construction, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea, I guess, though, is that it doesn't rock. Uh, well, it rocks, you know what I mean, your cocks, but it doesn't make you sick every time you get on it. But also, you can, uh, you know... Come up with your own society yeah. at sea. Finally, the libertarian vision that you've so been craving. But I'm not so sure that I would say, boy, I'm just stunned this hasn't become a real cultural zeitgeist moment. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't think I uh, I don't think I can go quite that far. <laughs> I just think like an article about <laughs> how rich people have their own seasteads they've been going to during uh corona times as they prepare for the like the way that, we, that we've had articles about uh they're, they're all flocking to new zealand i, yeah. I think a, a companion piece about how they're flocking to their seasteads right. uh w- w- would seem appropriate you know i i, I i'm surprised that hasn't been covered yeah, and I was definitely thinking by now that if you walked around college campuses, remember back when you could, that replacing Shea Guevara shirts would have been a um, silhouetted or whatever you call that, like a cool-looking shirt drawing of Kim.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kim.com really had a pretty happen. big moment. You he know, did. Its own, in its own way. Yeah, I mean, he had a Wired article. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you were in the New York Times. I was in the New York Times. I was on WNYC, New York's NPR station, talking about the Mavericks. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about that. I never can forget about that. Me and my history with the takeaway. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, so if anyone has favorite things, just uh, email me, tc at it's just banter.com. It's a lot more helpful if you can uh, provide an episode number um but you know just just uh your favorite ijb episodes or segments and uh that that's probably a good good way for me to get started on uh what's uh what's the good stuff did you ever happen to track down the audio of me predicting the pandemic Mm, i did and i listened to it but i don't think i have it to where i could pull it up without in a period of time where it'd be frustrating i i we can certainly play that just applaud me yeah, Tell me yeah, yeah. you heard it and you wanted to applaud me or is it really kind of more of a drive-by type thing that is not near as much of a because like 
probably twice a week someone's like dude best muser fight you'll ever hear and then i'll listen to i'll go pull the audio and i'm like not even in the top however many you know you appreciate people telling you but yeah. you you got to lay lay the ears on it yourself and when a guy says hey you told tc we need a good pandemic and he'll be drinking his own piss in the next 10 years <laughs> sometime in the middle of 2017 i thought okay okay because i mean uh what was the last time we did that with uh with trump right uh yes yes trump uh earthquakes and then uh, one of us, I don't remember which one, uh, got all 16 Cowboys games correct in one season. You son of a bitch. That was probably more was impressive than being on the takeaway <laughs> or interviewing uh, Freddie Gibbs from a crab restaurant. Yeah, that interview didn't even really get up and running. That was more just I hung out with Freddie Gibbs. We agreed that we wished that the uh, equipment a was few working claws. better. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got as far as things that we did that I thought were cool. You know, so maybe it isn't five hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me one second here. I think uh, I think I've got the uh, pandemic audio. It's not going to be at the right exact spot, but it would have been a lot better if we had just not ever checked. Because then you could have just been like, "No, it was great." No, I mean now it's. it's- uh, you know, if you're asking, is it a quick drive-by or is it a is it a good prediction? And I would say, in the words of our man, uh, it's both, dude. It's both, dude. All right, here you go. Well, Only I the goop can you. save me. <laughs> I appreciate you pointing that out as the most problematic part of that, and not the fact that I'm only now considering the world may be ending because it's happening in America and in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the tsunami <laughs> in India slowed you down. Uh, not hey, at all. Look, weather happens, guys. I mean, that's a. <laughs> that's yeah, a weird... now, it's my, now that it's Miami, I. But I feel like we're due for a pandemic or something like ter- terrorism. Feels there. It is. I yeah, feel like it, we're due for a pandemic. And it's actually even better than I would have thought. I'm going to I'm going to give myself an extra pat on the back and one, I just hear two podcast hosts destroying, <laughs> just killing it. And two, uh it actually worked exactly the way that we said it would where you're like, "Oh, what the fuck? Y'all got like a virus over there that shit seems like okay i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. dude i'm gonna come up with cute names for it and do like extended playlets on the air and uh then i'm immediately gonna pivot to hey guys stay home the second that someone <laughs> shows up in tacoma yeah. oh <laughs> uh, sometimes it's too easy to call just how dumb we are <laughs> You know, not not a lot's changing. <laughs> There's kind of some larger themes that uh, the world sticks to if you're if you're watching out. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, we that was uh, there was the big hurricane that was September seventh of 2017. That was a Patreon episode. That was the five minute mark, and yeah, it was uh, hurricanes bearing down. I I think that those particular ones did not hit as hard. Although that might have been the Puerto Rico one. I think I think that that was a hurricane after the Puerto Rico one, like immediately after. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I just want to give people a little bit of context about what we were talking about. Damn, dude. That Puerto Rico hurricane was... Okay. It says that Hurricane Maria was September 16th, 2017. So maybe there was one right before that also. But I mean, I just remember during that time, it was like there was three or four yeah. different ones where they were like... Maybe it'll work out, or maybe it'll go directly over the city of Miami and everyone will be dead. 
Do you remember the famous uh, the famous photo of Trump like holding? Oh yeah, holding it like he's <laughs> you know, fucking du- he's Dwayne Wade in Game Two in front of the Mavs bench, <laughs> just letting the three the three wrist hang with a <laughs> with a single roll of toilet paper. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dude, this, and see, then whenever hate, people like, because it was a deal where the initial reports were like that, like three people died, and then you know some group went back and were like, well, you know, like three people died because like a tree fell on them, but then there was like a thousand that didn't get a uh, medical care of any kind. Like there's, we got a couple nine elevens uh, worth no, of those people didn't die from the hurricane. And uh, he then I, I I swear to God he like uh, cited that that trip is like. A lot of people saying i'm not really doing anything to help him out but like y'all saw i gave him that toilet yeah. paper what'd you do wet ass fucking form i'm gonna be honest dude for a guy that i don't think you know once upon a time i was sure i was told and i guess sold the idea that he just stands there madison square garden full coat on just draining shots from all over the floor i never bought amazing, that amazing bit of the mooch but the, the form on this on this this shot is is a lot better than I would think. Well, uh, yeah. And this one, you know, I want someone to to do it uh, like Arturo or somebody who's badass at drawing to put this right next to uh, like a, the Jordan Elo photo or something. <laughs> so fucking cool, Just man! Just draw Craig Elo into uh, <laughs> right. throwing toilet paper at kids. <laughs> Oh man, that's so funny. Like there's like 75 people gathered and he just takes out one and is like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> Rain down on him. So I I I don't know what you got, but I've got two uh two large uh, you know, they both happen to do with sports. I would say the hey, you know, it's whatever. What Well, are you saving uh so they got away with that, huh? Follow up for Patreon since the initial Hey, I have another one was Patreon. If so, I'll stand down. I just want to make sure. Well, we I don't, don't have lose more follow up. I have a new entry right, 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 into right. so they got away with that, huh? I uh, promised that I would have it ready, but that was a lie. No, no, so, no. You actually, I think you you were left it open ended enough to where it could have been. Hey, this is a Patreon tease. The payoff will be Patreonies. Uh, I would like to uh, do it on a big episode. I th- I think it deserves a big episode. But uh, okay. it, it'll have to be next week's episode. I got to do more research. If I did it right now, it'd be a lot of padding and saying, I guess this is how it went. So I'm, I'm going to try and get, get firmer on a couple things. Okay. And it's, it's not going anywhere. It happened a long time ago. <laughs> okay. That seems to be a theme. Um, but yeah, can I just tell you about, the one, about one thing? Do you, what do you know about? So where did Kevin Garnett uh, go to high school? Do you know that? Uh, I don't. Farragut Career Academy is I've, I've always known it just because it's in Chicago like any any of the guys who got drafted you know straight out of Chicago I'm interested in the whole thing and I guess um Jabari Parker and uh Derek Rose were not drafted straight out of Chicago they were in the one and done era but you know was uh was certainly familiar with the fact both of them went to Simeon so that's easy enough um but uh yeah and then Kanye went to, I think it's called like Polaris Academy or something like that. I just want to know where famous people who lived in Chicago during their high school years went to went to school. That's uh, I, always I have been an, an obsession interest in, of mine. Even though it's not necessarily Chicago-based, I'm a big fan of the notable alumni section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you're rolling through, like, it's usually cool places like, uh, you know, New York. 
And there's several others on uh, Farragut. I don't remember exactly. I think like an admiral or something. You know, it was, it was like 10, 15 entries on the uh, Farragut Career Academy Wikipedia notable alumni. But you always knew growing up, and I, I say, I'm saying this like this because I, I kind of figured you had a similar experience that uh, you knew Kevin, Gar- Kevin Garnett's from South Carolina, but he went to school in Chicago. And I've always been like, why the fuck did that happen? Uh, this was particularly spurred on by the fact uh, Bill Simmons has been doing redrafts of every draft from 1996. I think he's going to stop in 2009. We'll just look back at, uh, you know, what were the picks that year, kind of talk about the uh, the decisions made by the GMs at the time, and then say, like, you know, now their careers are in the books. Here's how I would rank the guys who are available in that draft. And uh, I really enjoy it. He's had, uh, you know what? It, it, it varies greatly from uh, from guest to guest. The ones with Joe House, as Joe House in general, I'm not exactly sure. I, I get that they're friends, uh, but, you know, um, I don't feel like he's given me a lot. Whereas, uh, you know, if he's got Zach Harper on, that's a different deal. Can we agree on that? You want to hear Zach Harper's thoughts of uh, what are the top players in the 2000 draft? He seems like a pretty mood- moody individual to me. But I do like his work. I read it. Hmm. I'd, I'd not detected an especially high degree of moodiness, but you probably follow him a lot closer than I do. But I, I think he's great, um, you know, like like in terms of the level of his analysis. But anyways, so they're talking about uh, Kevin Garnett. You know, he, he comes up in this kind of stuff. Um, and so I, I, I looked into the story of why Kevin Garnett, a man born in Malden, South Carolina, who played basketball at Malden High School, until he was uh, a senior, played uh, his final year in Chicago. And everyone around him seems to generally credit the fact with the that he moved from South Carolina to Chicago as being... Like, they cannot conceive. The people who are from his town in South Carolina cannot conceive of NBA teams being like, yeah, we'll draft a kid from there. At, like, straight out of high school. Be- like, level of competition kind of concerns sort of thing. Whereas they're saying, you know, if you're going to the quarterfinals in the Illinois State playoffs and, you know, the entire regular season, you're playing against other guys who are at the very least D1 prospects and uh, playing the way that he played, then um, then you could see taking him in the top 10. So, Kevin Garnett's at school. Some other kids near him get into a fight. And I believe that the kids fighting, uh, maybe it was like three black kids and two white kids or something. But, but it, was, it was black kids fighting white kids or white kids fighting black kids, whatever. Uh, there, there, there was racial lines in this particular brawl. Uh, so, the police show up because it's a big fight. And they start interviewing everyone around about like, you know, what happened and uh, a lot of, you know, whatever they're asking, you know, like what happened, who was there, what, what are the details or whatever. There's a lot of people that remember Kevin being there because he's Kevin fucking Garnett. Like, mm-hmm. even if he wasn't known around school as like a big basketball player, he's so fucking tall that you remember anywhere that he is. Uh, so everyone's like, yeah, Kevin was definitely there. In South Carolina, they have a lynching statute, as you might imagine, uh, you know, law against lynching. Which, like David Cross once famously said, <laughs> you know, the only reason that we have a, a law uh, precluding you from uh, having sex with someone who's underage is because people will do it. Mm-hmm. The only reason South Carolina needs a lynching law is because people will do it. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> 
Uh, but so the way the way that that lynching statue was written, the uh, people, I would assume with pure hearts, were trying to make it so that it could be applied as easily as possible uh, because they wanted to stop lynchings. Good goal. Good goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, right out of the gate strong. <laughs> the way the statute's written, if two or more people attack one person, anyone who's there that doesn't directly intervene to stop the people attacking can oh, be charged shit. with lynching. Wow. So whenever they hear that Kevin Garnett is there when black people and white people are fighting and learn that Kevin Garnett did not himself like step in to like slug one of the kids who was uh, trying to, to do the fight, they were like, well, you know, our hands are tied. This is lynching. <laughs> Holy shit. So the police determine all this, drive to high school, pull him out of class, put him in handcuffs, walk him to the cars, arrest him, take him down to the station. Uh, while he's at the station, they're telling him about this whole lynching deal. They drop the fact that the max sentence for this particular charge is 20 years in prison. And you just think about this entire deal where it's something that was written with the obvious intent of making it so that white people would stop hurting black people. And then for these police to sit down and be like, yeah, but you know, we got it there and buy the book. We can use it if we want. Uh, and you know, the the people in the high school, uh, like, you know, his his teachers, whenever they go in and like go to arrest him, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) This is insane. Uh, like everyone around was like, he's a really nice kid. Like, you know, I mean, we, we all know him as like a a certain amount of intimidating as a court presence, but that's not like his backstory, you know, like he, he is not, you know, whatever, like he's, he's a nice guy. Um, and, uh, so yeah, everyone's like shocked that he's tangentially involved in any of this. And then, uh, by the time it gets to like the DA, like they, they quickly did like a pretrial diversion. Like he, he suffered no further consequences aside from this entire traumatic thing, uh, which to me reads as the DA being like looking at the police and be like, are you fucking crazy? Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't look like, like when you hear the, the people talking about this and I'm getting a lot of this from there was a, uh, Fox sports documentary, like whatever local Fox sports, the way that we had the one on Dirk, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think it was like the Minnesota Fox sports had, uh, had a similar, you know, investigative thing into, uh, into car, you know, just like telling his, his story, you know, like here's, mm-hmm. here's what his life was like before he got drafted. Uh, and so th- there's lots of people on tape, uh, from the school and elsewhere just being like, yeah, at the time we thought this was insane and like obviously not the proper use of uh, those laws. And like, you know, if you'd taken a vote in the town, does Kevin Garnett deserve to be arrested? Like it would have been, you know, 99 to one. Um, but, but the one was a police officer. And so here we are. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that, that's how he ended up in Chicago because his mom saw that entire thing go down. I believe he was expelled from the school because of, you know, he was arrested on school property and his mom watched how everyone treated him with this whole deal was like, yeah, you, you can't be in South Carolina anymore. They're, they're going to fucking, they're going to fuck up your dreams. So I've definitely never Chicago. heard the story or of the law. And I would go back to when you said he's a good dude and, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I know what you're saying, but if you, that doesn't really in any way 
change how the spirit of how racist the spirit of that law is. Um, even if yeah, he's like, like a, a, a bad dudes person, deserve due process he, too. You know, right, I, if he's I just firmly there, believe that. If he's just there, and uh, yeah, there's a. I just googled this, and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of articles on it. There's a Washington Post article from 2003 that says that at that point, uh, for every a thousand blacks in South Carolina, 2.07 were charged with lynching, compared with 0.46 for per thousand whites, meaning that blacks Jesus are actually charged Christ. with lynching four and a half times the rate for whites, and um, you know by that. Um, by that, uh, the way that that the, the, the law, the statute is written, you know, I've I've kind of committed it a dozen or more times. Yeah, yeah. Like I've definitely been somewhere, you know, like uh, every Friday time night there's of been a fight by me, I have not directly yeah. intervened. Uh huh. <laughs> so it's just a list of the times I was near a fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, then it was more than two on one, which is you know, what if it's uh, like five on four? That's not like a particularly, um, although I guess I'd have to see exactly how it's written, but that's not that unfair of a fight. And if you're just there and you can obviously understand the point of it being people that stood around and watched, you know, black people from up until probably the 50s, uh, I would think probably the 50s uh, and, and did nothing but. Man, that's yeah, if you watch a lynching and you're like, "Eh, this is good, this is fine, no big. Uh, yeah. then, then yes, you you should be charged with something. If you're just standing there and some people are fighting, and you're a fucking high school kid with a big future, like don't fuck wow. it up. And I don't know, you, like the the fact there's a lynching law and that lynching no longer goes on. This always goes back to uh, you know whenever there's a disagreement in this country over whether or not the country is currently racist, and I think it's because some people look and say like, well. We did stop lynching, and not only that, we passed laws uh, to say that it was bad. So yeah. this is a society that hates lynching. Hard to see how a society that hates lynching could be a racist society. And then you look at this stuff where the lynching laws that they wrote get used to put black people in jail and white people not. Uh, and you're like, yeah, I think, there, I think we do still have some problems to work out. Yeah, and I guess I, you'd have to know the details of the fight. Well, you don't really have to. It's bad no matter what. But it's like, what if probably, I don't know, six eight, six nine at the time, Kevin Garnett would have jumped in there and just started busting heads? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm no lyncher. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to beat three kids, uh, you know, to a, like, come on. What, what, let's be reasonable and look at what the alternatives here could have been. Jump in? What if he jumps in and there's actually more white kids there than black kids? So now he's just got to beat up several white kids at once. <laughs> Do you think that's is that a better is that a better outcome from everyone involved? Yeah, uh, I, I would say not. <laughs> Certainly not Jeez. the faces of the other children. <laughs> I would imagine Jeez. Kevin Garnett's a powerful puncher. Um, but yeah, bonkers. there was a uh, there was like I don't a know, Nike camp that, story. that uh, he was scheduled to go to. And this was during the time whenever uh, Allen Iverson had had the the big fight where uh, the bowling alley fight. Yeah, whereas I I I don't remember the exact details there. I don't want to speak on that. Um, but I believe Nike at the time of the bowling alley fight was like, yeah, it's fine if Allen Iverson comes to this camp still, and uh, got a ton of blowback. 
And so whenever they heard Kevin Garnett's been in a fight, they were like, nah, he cannot come to this pre-draft camp. Or it wasn't pre-draft. He was a junior in high school. But it was, you know, a major basketball camp held held by Nike in Chicago, incidentally. And uh, there was enough people, like, you know, his coaches. I, I think, like, his coach at the camp was, like, an influential basketball coach nationally and uh, was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not coming if Kevin's not coming because this is fucked up. He didn't do anything wrong, and he's a good kid. And uh, Nike did uh, rethink their decision and allowed Kevin to uh, to play in the camp. And uh, then he got the Opal. <laughs> then, then he did get the Opal. Uh, the other big note that I wanted to make sure that well, real you quick, knew. since we're on yes. this, yes, 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 um, yes. I just wanted to to like because I got a lot of people. You know, it's, you get bored on the weekend, and I know I think we brought this up a little bit Saturday night, but like to me, man, and, and it's not even worth playing the audio, but. I I really I was really put off by that whole Surgeon General like charade. Yeah. And I was not, you know, it's kind of lame to you to try to use uh, you know, do it for for Mimon and for 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 Abuela. Okay. That's as old as time, you know. I guess what the second part of this is too. You just hate that he has a lisp. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with the lisp. But just like trying to pander with terms to try to get everybody on the same page, you know, that's, that's you know, PSA shit 101, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it usually is pretty corny and ends up looking kind of silly, but I almost applaud that effort. Because in that sense, he's trying to, probably at the behest of people uh, you know, his superiors, but he's trying to say, this is very serious for everyone. Please do not feel like uh, like somehow you're immune to this. And I heard him follow up and say that he was trying to dispel a conspiracy theory that somehow, you know, people of color are immune to the virus. I had not seen that, but maybe that was out there and that's okay. But I just, I think it's... Well, not all people of color, obviously. <laughs> Who's this a joke about? The Chinese. Okay. Wow. That's better than than I guess it could have been. I thought you had like a, another famous person whose whose death you wanted to to laugh at, but um just the heart of it of saying, "Hey, you know, you need to avoid tobacco, you need to avoid alcohol, you need to avoid drugs," which may all be good things for a surgeon general to say. Just up to that point, I had not heard one thing from anyone, government or otherwise, well, let's just stick with government, because that's what we're talking about, saying how important it is to abstain from alcohol uh, during this time for any sort of scientific reasons. In fact, many states have been making it as easy as possible for you to continue to be able to get drunk and hyped up efforts to uh, try to keep places that are bar restaurants, you know, places that serve food too, uh, so that you can still drink. And I I have heard nothing. I've heard nothing from anyone. Uh, I mean, hell, uh, places that have legal recreational are doing curbside. I mean, do you think that's just like a general, like if the Surgeon General gets a chance to talk, he's going to hit all the big bullet points? Or or do you think that he's got some specific advice related to this disease? Maybe, but... I had just not heard him say that or anyone say that up to that point. And I've heard him talk a lot. 
And I've heard him get, you know, guest spots on the cable news networks. And I just, that's the first I'd heard about that. And when I tweeted that, people were like, oh, I understand why you're trying to come after this guy for just trying to help, you know, quote, his people. And I'm like, because they're doing the same shit that is always the case, which is you're advocating for different behavior for different people, seemingly under the auspices of being able to blame them whenever something happens to them, as opposed to these other people who are just unlucky. Like, oh, maybe if you would have stopped drinking. Okay, well, I hadn't heard that from anybody. And the fucking governor of Texas made it possible for you to go get, you know, curbside liquor drinks and get in your car and drive off with them or get them delivered to your house. And they did it pretty quickly. And so I just, I I was kind of taken aback at how many people were like, I don't understand why you you don't, like the statistics indicate that the risk for African-Americans is, um, it's, it's tied, it's, it's, the numbers are shocking. At no point was I saying that that's not true. I'm saying, I don't know what it has to do with these behaviors unless someone can point me to something showing that it has something to do with these behaviors. And I still haven't seen that. And I don't know, as someone who obviously loves to drink, Mm -hmm. if they came out and said, hey, uh, you need to do this less, everyone, you would have to take that very seriously. I find it to be, just like with a lot of things, pretty disgusting whenever things are not asked of me that are asked of other people. Yeah. That's the basis for several of my beliefs. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I was I was very happy that you were able to engage in uh, both of your top two activities this weekend, uh, drinking and cutting your Twitter. own hair. Those are the two oh. big ones. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pleased, man. If if the world would accept it, I think I would keep this all the time because I like it. Shaved head. I, I guess my I do want to clarify did did you end up shaving the uh, part in the back or you just kind of oh, left yeah. that? No, she cleaned it all up for me. No, it looks, know, it fe- looks and feels great. And I'll tell you this, if you have little kids and you ever, if you're considering doing this, I don't know how little they'd have to be to still be uh, simple enough. If I just take her her hand and rub it on there, I get 30 seconds of giggles. Yeah. I just run, run the kid's head. Yeah, I was a big, uh, hand I was on, a big fan. On the shaved head and she just like can't handle that it. Age? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a plus. Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's, uh, there's thousands of people listening to this and, uh, hundreds that were, uh, were with us Saturday night, but Saturday night we did a, a Twitch stream. And the reason you always got to be by that Twitch stream is because sometimes, uh, Jake gets drunk and decides to cut his own hair. Now, to be fair, uh, both of those, the, the fact that I was drunk, true. The fact that I cut my own hair, also true, but that was going to happen no matter what. I mean, I had the clippers out, like I was yeah, getting that Yeah, but the, the, the specific really, visual of like, uh, you know, yeah. seeing you be like, Oh, I'm going to go do it. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. great. And I wanted to do it the weekend before, but then I realized like, well, I put this suit on and I don't really <laughs> want to have a hair all over the, so I just yeah. bits on bits on bits. Yeah. Um, so instead of having we'll you your, uh, your Trump witch hunt shirt, you, you're okay getting hair on that. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because that indicates that I'm a troop. Yeah. Kind of. No. <laughs> um, so the the other thing from the uh, the uh, redrafting that I wanted to let you know that I can't believe that this is not shouted from the rooftops in Dallas all the time, and I I would like to be ground zero for uh, making sure that, that does occur, and I think you can help me get this done because you are a big voice in the Mavericks conversation. Do you want to know where Sports Illustrated had Dirk slotted in their 1998 mock draft? 
Oh, man. You said Sports Illustrated. Yes. Is it crazy if I say like 14th? He was not on there, Jake. No. They did not put him as going in the draft. Wow. 60 deep too, huh? I don't know if they went all 60. Uh, might have just been a first-round mock. But if there's only two rounds in the draft, uh, why not? You know, I mean, you're just, <laughs> just throwing out some names. Um, I, I think it's a case of, I mean, you know, with, with a month or a weekly magazine like that, who knows how far out from the draft they were doing that. And I, I just don't think that anyone was thinking. I don't think that they knew he was a person when they wrote the mock draft. You'd have to assume. Yeah, and it's you know it's different world nineteen you know ninety nine to to twenty nineteen. I mean that that we can we kind of talked about this. Um, I don't remember if it was if it was when or nineteen ninety eight. I don't really remember how this came up, but just the, oh, we were talking about. I was on with Corby and uh, Bob. Uh, re just sort of going back through a piece I wrote last year that I think for a three year period Dirk was like one B. Or one A best player in the league. Yeah, I wanted and, to. Th- I, I I wanted to talk about that, but I I was like, uh, I should read that article before I talk about that, and that that's on the list of things I haven't done yet. Yeah, I've just been so busy. There's so much going on in my life. I know. I know. Um, it's because you know maybe you like address this in the first paragraph, and I'm an idiot for bringing it up. Um, because I I figure you know this, but like you know, I love Dirk as much as anyone. I I, I like. Uh, I'm I'm very glad that we have this thing where we can go back and be like, you know, if you look at it this way, uh, he he was one of the one of the best. But you just you do have to give some deference to the fact that there were a lot of people who knew a lot about basketball, talking about basketball at that time, and not a single one. Of, like, I don't even know that Mark Cuban would have said definitely the best player in the league. I think that he still would have been like, eh, Kobe's really good. You know, I mean, Shaq's so strong. Yeah, and I, but I think also part of it is just the way that or the lack of a way in which he ever was like branded because, you know, and the other thing is that Kobe had already won. So I think we're talking about like 03, 04, 04, 05, and 06, uh, 05, 06. I can't remember what the exact one it was. It might have been three up from that, but or one up from that. 04, 05, 05, 06, and 06, 07. Kobe had already won several you know what three at that point and so his numbers after that on those lakers teams that kind of sucked uh i think that if dirk had already won before that peak then he would be considered closer to kobe and wade like wade had already wade hadn't won but like uh, if Kobe instead had, of getting the 2011 title, he had closed out the 2006. If yes, you think in, in, exactly. in the next year as they're winning, you know, what, 70? 67? 60, yeah, 67 sounds right. As they're winning 67 games, like then the conversation yes. would be like, boy, he's the reigning champion. He's about to win 67 games. Is he the That's best exactly player right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And I okay. think it's better the way that it worked out, but I think that the way that it, it did – People view him, and I base the whole thing off a of Pat Riley quote, where Pat Riley's just like, "Boy, you know, people should probably consider that for a three-year span, Wade was better than Kobe." And you just never hear anybody say that about Dirk at all, despite the fact that like all of his numbers are better. And was it you that brought up how unclutch Kobe was right after he passed away? Uh, we didn't do a podcast until like a week, so okay. okay. I did bring well, it up in the next podcast. 
Would I have done it in uh, if we had done one the day after? Only I will know the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> but as the well, historical record unfolded, I waited like a week to make that point. Well, all of Dirk's clutch numbers for every one of those years were way either somewhere between better and way better than Kobe's. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's not like Kobe was like. It's not like he didn't have the skills to be a clutch player. It was just that he was so insistent on taking the shot himself that like it's it's easy to defend. You know, you, you yeah. gotta like people. You gotta get them. You know, worried about the corner three, and like they just knew he wasn't going to pass to the corner three. So, you know, what are you going to do? No, the uh, point, like if, if Dirk played that way, he would have bad crunch time numbers too. Exactly, and Dirk, extremely underrated passer, by the way. And going back and watching everything hmm. from twenty eleven, um, but. My point was just that there can never be another Dirk in the sense that there can never be another guy who's going to end up having that kind of a career who's not even on the board for a major publication. You know, we we carry it as like this real, you know, um, we we were underdogs thing that a lot of people uh, thought Luca should go at five or six. But that's so different. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not at all the same. And, like, there's one guy, Rashawn Phillips, who I believe, believe has every Mavericks fan blocked on Twitter, so I can't look at it. Um, <laughs> and I don't even think I engaged, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, that's always weird. I wish there was a way you could pay a small amount to get the backstory on how you got blocked by someone that you've never tweeted before. Because uh, I, I would love the to other... know what's going on with Nui. Yeah, Nui. I'd never even tweeted Nui, and I think he just knew – um, or maybe it was Jean Jacques who tweeted me, but then like, or blocked me, but then we talk in the hallway at work whenever we see each other. <laughs> it's like, he yeah, but that's not an unprovoked. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure I was, I was winging it up. Um, but Rashawn Phillips didn't have Luca in the top 10 and he just gets a lot of heat for it. But most people had him in the top five and you know, there could just never be a guy who no one knows anything about anymore. You know, it's the, uh, it's the golden arches theory, TC, of globalization. <laughs> I think you're uh, over-referencing that. Um, no, because that's the one that I like right now. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I, I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I, I just don't I, – I think that what's going on here is just – there's a lot of things. Like, we, we did not respect European basketball at this time and uh, really, like, only do now. Like, I, I, I think that if he's never born <laughs> – well, yeah. Well, no, I, I think that like you are the average basketball. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like a little bit ahead of the curve. But I'm, I'm just saying, a lot of basketball fans are like you, and like you know, you uh, requested to be able to review a uh, EuroBasket game today. So that would indicate that you like it quite a bit. It's Thursday, but yes. Oh, it's on Thursday. Okay. I do like it quite a bit. Um. <clears throat> Damn it, we tattered our ability to circle back to something we wanted to get to a minute ago, and now I can't remember what the other thing I wanted to tell you about was, but it doesn't really matter. The point is, Dirk is the fucking man. So I have one more sports thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, So I've been... uh, I think everyone has. Like, I, I just... I love... I don't think that it, like, makes... Of all the, I think that there's a couple different logical directions people could have taken whenever sports stopped being played. And like looking back at old stuff is an obvious one, but I, I'm surprised there's not more stuff. Like I saw someone like uh, you know um, breaking down every single shot Luca took. Like the Ringer uh, wrote an article about that, right? Did you read that? It was good. I did not. 
Yeah, yeah. Someone went and uh, rewatched every single Luca shot and has. It's a. Uh, this guy's Rob name Mahoney. Rob. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I missed yeah, this last week. Yeah, he's he's been around Mavericks basketball a while, right? Didn't he, he write? He's a Dallas the, guy. The SB Nation site for a while. Am I wrong about that? Mavs Moneyball. Uh, he was at SI before this, but okay. he may have been at Moneyball at one point in time. But he lives here, and he's a he's a very very good writer. Yeah. No, we're uh, we're we're happy to have him, even if I could not precisely remember his last name two seconds ago. Doesn't matter. Um. But yeah, so I, I have been like, you know, I, it's a pretty regular Friday night for me to uh, light up several bowls, wait for Megan to go to sleep, and then just watch all of my favorite Notre Dame, like usually not the whole game, but like a 15-minute highlight package. NBC Sports will put up the, uh, the extended highlights. You can get 15 minutes of any game, and by that point, you're getting the flavor of it. Um, so, you know, transitioning into doing that full-time has been delightful for me. I love it very much, uh, but it... It does, it has got me thinking about something that I've certainly talked on the podcast before, but this is one of like the really foundational things about my thinking, like the the way I see the world um, that, you know, it's kind of similar to the point uh, being made in the Chuck Claussen book, but what if we're wrong, that you just watch something like this, uh, watch these old games and realize that what you're seeing in a lot of cases are the people at the absolute top of their field, guys who are the, in the Hall of Fame uh, in, in their sports, and some people who, if they weren't a Hall of Fame, they probably would have made one just to make sure that they could be in there. Like, uh, you know, Pat Riley. You know, Pat Riley is fucking basketball. Like, that, you know, he, he, you struggle to imagine um, someone being mm-hmm. able to so thoroughly dominate, uh, you know, the thing that they're doing, like, like he's been able to do. And then you watch the way his teams play, like the strategy of it, and like by any modern definition, it's just total dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I, uh, Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo were breaking down game three of the uh, 91 NBA finals and just talking about like if you put Byron Scott in the corner the entire time and just let magic work. Like that's a much better offense by a factor of a million, you know, like their, their idea of like, Hey, how about we clump everyone directly around the basket? Would that create some open looks? Uh, you know, that that's, that's crazy. And you understand how it happens. And it's not really to take anything away from those specific guys because they were competing against like, you know, I think that's, that's a reasonable way to measure greatness. So this isn't a way to say that Pat Riley is not great. Um, but like because you know if, if he's playing against other coaches who are also similarly regarded, this is the best guy that this franchise could find to coach this team, um, and and he's able to beat them. I think there's something to be said for that. Like comparing yourself to the people in your milieu, um, and and you know saying how far ahead of them were you. That's to me as good a accurate way to measure greatness as anything. So I, I'm still saying he's great, but I am also saying that there is nothing intrinsic to now about the style of basketball that we currently play that makes it so that it's a it's a good style now and it would be a bad style then Uh, i mean like if you go back further like obviously whenever the three-point shot didn't exist i think that there's still some something to be said for creating more space by shooting farther away from the basket um but but i don't know i'm not a basketball expert what's striking to me is that this is absolutely true in all sports uh, you know, like I, I, 
really wanted to go on a, uh, a retro kick. So I fired up after you had uh, asked me if the uh, Bill Vec era was good. And I mentioned like, well, they did make the World Series in 59. Um, and I, I, I wanted to know if there were any highlights of the 59 World Series. Indeed, there are. You can watch about a half hour package on what happened in the, the Dodgers White Sox 59 World Series. And you watch it. And it's a collection of two World Series teams that absolutely cannot swing a bat. Like, <laughs> just fucking pathetic. It's like they're trying to bunt on every... Like, I swear to God, dude, it, it, early in, uh, like, in, in the game one highlights, they hit a home, One of the White Sox players hits a home run, and he hits a home run looking like he's trying to bunt. Like, <laughs> they just blow. Like, in... I think that if like it, it made me absolutely convinced that like Mickey Mantle would just get fucking fooled on three pitches every single time he went up there if, if he tried today. Now, if you want to say if Mickey Mantle were born today, uh, you know, like same person, but just with all of like the modern stuff, then then, then I suspect that he dominates the same way he did or there's something close, you know, um, but if you just yes. like plucked him from his uh, his best year, his career year. Uh, and dropped him in like you know uh he he just doesn't know what to do and it it's on the one hand it really uh brings home to me the importance of instruction like because you know mickey mantle had all those same skills the difference between him being able to do those things you know between him getting absolutely fooled if he tried to you know uh get a hit off cam low um versus like you know if if he were it is instruction you know like it's it's the fact and i mean modern nutrition helps and stuff like that but a lot i i watching this it, it really just strikes me that if you just had one person go in and tell him like hey uh this this is how we swing now <laughs> um then uh i you know it would be it would make a big difference but it also struck me how there's instruction matters like in in shaping the entire era but i think it matters less person to person so there's no one that walks into a major league game nowadays that tries to swing that way and it is true that everyone in the majors got some kind of instruction, you know, like they all had high schools and they, they, they probably mostly had personal hitting coaches whenever they were 13 or whatever, you know? Uh -huh. um, and so that that's going on, but I don't think there's any way that if that wasn't going on, that they would, they would go up and swing. Like I saw the guys in the 59 world series swing. And it's because you can just like see on TV what the latest instruction is not like in particular, but like the whole general thing of like, you know, uh, trying to keep your body quiet and, you know, have it, having some power and some, uh, some, uh, launch launch angle to things. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's obvious enough that like it's, it's, it's a hundred percent buy-in, you know, like every single person in the majors to some degree, um, you know, it, it tries to, uh, approach things that way. And so, I'm sure it's still great to have a, a personal hitting coach, but it 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 was crazy to me that there's something that everyone did, all, like like everyone across the entire professional sport, were like this is the way to do it. It's the only way to do it. We won't consider anything else. And then you show up uh, now, and like the, it's the same thing of like this is the only way to do it, but it's a totally different way. And I think that that gets at the biggest lesson for me, which is just that. People who you would think, like in a logical way, there's no way that they're wrong. Like if if in 1991 you you ask someone like, 
do you think pat riley's just fucking this up terribly uh 100 of people would be like no he's pat riley like this is you know how many championships did you want him to win um but like he was the the absolute truth is that favoring the three-pointer like and and using the you know not just like shooting more threes but like shooting more threes and placing more people beyond three so that the the two-point shots that you like will be much much more effective like that whole thing like it's undeniable it's just math nothing has changed about it and it's it, it would have been true back then he could have won he absolutely could have won more championships if he had adopted this style immediately and it's it would have helped if uh the people around him also didn't adopt it um but it just should give everyone pause. It, it should like most of the time the experts are right about things, but that is not a hundred percent. There's times that the best basketball coach in the entire world is totally fucking clueless about a large bulk of like the correct way to play basketball. And, uh, that, that, that should give you some, some confidence or, you know, some, uh, skepticism about certain things. I, I don't know. Take from that what you want to take from it, but, there's subject matter experts that don't know a goddamn thing about their subject. Uh, and that's absolutely true. If you look through history, it's absolutely true. And uh, that means that right now, it is true today. There's something out there that someone who is the leader in their field, and this is not um, me turning into a, a conservative that hates Dr. Anthony Fauci. I don't mean him specifically. Uh, when we say subject matter experts right now, you just think about people who are experts on COVID. But uh, I, I don't mean anything having to do with the coronavirus. I, I mean, just I, I don't know what it is. But there's someone out there who, who's, who you absolutely should trust that, that just doesn't have any fucking clue what they're talking about. Yeah, I think, I think about that a lot. It was probably after that book. But, you know, whether it's passing <laughs> in football or it's, uh, you know, figuring out you probably shouldn't use leeches in medicine. <laughs> I mean, there's shit probably. like this. And it's one of those deals that if you think about it too much, you really can't get anything done because you have so little confidence in the way that you're operating. Sure. But it also is a good reminder that, you know, in hindsight, just about everything you think is right will be wrong. And maybe that's just what progress is, but it doesn't. Uh, I think it can both be true that those people were the best at that time. And it also might just mean that Don Nelson is a better fucking basketball mind than Pat Riley ever was. How about that? That's a fine point. Yeah. That's the that's, people we should be talking about. Because, I mean, was was he... I know by the time he got to the Mavericks that he wanted to space the floor. Whenever he was, like, coaching in the 80s, is that how he felt about it? I don't know. Uh, that's the way that I've always understood it. Now, that still might not mean... You know, the three numbers are there, and I don't know that we have shot data for back then, but I do remember the idea, and it might maybe more like I mean, like, like even his last team, there's no Don Nelson team that looks like the, the Rockets, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and I mean, it is funny, too, if you go, even in, like, the 2011 finals, there are several games where Dirk took, like, one or no threes, like in 2011. Yeah, boy, you... I don't, like, and, and in fact, Carlisle looks like a genius because they started running, and we're really getting into the weeds now, but they started running, you know, really high pick and rolls. And that's how Berea was just able to kill Phil Jackson because they were they did not know what to do with J.J. Berea calling for a screen 33 feet, feet out and then Peja and Jet standing in the corner. It looks a lot like what you see today. But the three totals were still, you know, 
pretty low. <laughs> um, like, for example, let's see here. I guess I can try to find a full year. Don Nelson's 55-win Warriors team in 91 um, took 9.33s a game. <laughs> now, they were number one in pace, so I think that's probably what he was a little bit more um, credited with, pace and space, right? Yeah. But, like, you know, Mike D'Antoni was doing this shit way before everyone else, and he's kind of been viewed as a joke by a lot of people, like a gimmick. And I guess the upshot is a lot of the stuff, maybe particularly in the sports world, that looks like a gimmick, um, it actually just ends up being conventional wisdom before long. Yeah. I wanted to uh, to ask you, and I mean, this is the kind of question where like, we're guaranteed to be wrong about something about it here, but I guess you know it's still interesting to, to discuss it. Do you think we are, how close to optimal are we in the, the the three major sports that we care about? Because I, I, if you'd asked me that question about baseball in like 2010, I would have been like, we're there. This is, this is it. Because I, I read a lot of articles about how, you know, there was always like, Hey, what's the next money ball? Now the people have caught up to on base. Like what's, what's the next big edge. And there's a lot of people making the point of like, there's no big edges left. That's not how this works. You know, like once, once you got these people in that are smart and like they look around, like they've figured out everything a smart person can think of. And like now you're just like working on the margins of like, uh, you know, how can we squeeze this tiny little extra bit out? And then after that, the uh, revolution in, uh, in the defensive, uh, what, what should we call it? The shifts yeah. uh, occurred, which has changed fucking everything. And so, you know, like the, the, in 2010, the smart people about baseball would have been wrong about what, what advantages are left to get out there. The, the shift thing was huge. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know about baseball, but in football and basketball, you could probably make the case that you're close enough to optimum to where your next area to exploit will be some level of reverting back. Like if you just start running more into dime, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I I I disagree. I like I think that basketball is just about perfect. I think football, the average coach has a long ways to go with the use of play action, with the fourth down decision making. Like we're we're watching a game that is very different from the game twenty years ago. I think that football has a lot of low hanging fruit left. On those two categories in particular, I would agree. I don't know how many other I could come up with, but just Probably first down passing, we still have a long way to go, but the curve is uh, not flattening, as they say. Like, it's exponentially, it's probably still not even the rate it should be, but the year-to-year growth in first down pass rate has not just been like a, here's 3% more this year, 3%, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's exploding. Okay. But there's also, I don't know always some holdouts to bring down the to bring down the average yeah and you can still get hired by being like you know we got to run the ball and that's kind of crazy um i feel like that's what matt rule just did <laughs> yeah 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 uh but so one of the things that i rewatched was uh notre dame every saturday at 6 30 has been like doing a, a like where they'll do a live stream of one of their classic games and they ran the uh, 93 number one versus number two notre dame florida state in south bend that's uh charlie ward's heisman year um 
Florida State would lose that game, it would be the o- their only loss, and uh, Notre Dame lost to uh, Boston College the next week. And uh, despite the fact Notre Dame beat Florida State head-to-head, Florida State was named the national champion, Bobby Bowden's first national championship that year. But uh, watching that game, it's insane because Notre Dame is still, and like I I also watched the 92, this week was the uh, 92 uh, Penn State game, when they're like, Still running single wing where like the the they have two running backs and like one of them lines up where like a detached tight end would be and like motions over and it's just really fucking old football and Florida State is running a spread. Charlie Ward is in shotgun pretty much the entire time. There's more than two receivers on the field pretty much the entire time. I'm sure like, you know, uh, smart football would be able to give you plenty of differences between current spread and uh, what Charlie Ward was doing. I have no doubt that's true. But like whenever you just if but also if you were to ask like the modern fan, like, hey, what does spread mean to you? Like they're going to say shotgun with, you know, multiple receivers. And that's what they're doing every play. And there's a lot of talk about it on the broadcast. Like they, they call it the, the fast break offense. Like that was Florida state's terminology for it. And they had a specific date and time. Like they had a game where they were like, you know what? What we're doing is all right, but we're not getting the most out of this talent. We're going to the fast break. And so like on, on the broadcast, they were like showing, you know, uh, before that uh, th- they decided to go fast break. It was uh, 30 points a game. Now it's 40 points a game. And like they were getting like they was they were averaging like 40 points and uh, 500 yards, you know, a, a game like in 1993. And uh, you watch it. And like, like I said, it's it's all they talk about is the fast break. And on the other hand, like it's cavemen seeing fire for the first time. They're not blown away nearly enough. Like if I, I, I feel like given that you, you know, fast forward 20 years and every single team in every single level of football anywhere has adopted this style. Uh, like the, the guys watching it for the first time are just kind of like, eh, you know, it's not quirk. Uh, it, like they're, they're treating it like if, uh, if Notre Dame, like, you know, played with an extra fullback or something, you know, <laughs> like the, this is a fun wrinkle. One, one thing that they're going to do. And I don't, I don't know where the spread offense starts. I've, I feel like I've I've read plenty of articles about the evolution of it. You, you hear a lot, especially the uh, the run based one. Um, you know, of like uh, I think whenever Rich Rodriguez was at Tulane, like they fucked up a play, and he was like, "Actually, that that's good. That makes sense. Let's let the quarterback keep that." Sometimes, um, and then uh, you know you hear about like uh, Northwestern Kevin Wilson in uh, I think it was two thousand. It might have been two thousand one. They had a game against Michigan where basically his big innovation was. Uh, just took the the spread or the um, uh, zone blocking scheme for uh, run plays that the Broncos used and just was the first guy of like, hey, how about we do that while in shotgun? Like that was his yeah. whole thing. Like, let's run outside zone in shotgun. And he just fucking creamed Michigan because they had no idea what to do about it. Like on, uh, on, on offense, he creamed them. I believe they lost that game because Michigan had a lot better players on offense for themselves, you know, um, and so they were able to score on Northwestern without too much trouble. But uh, I hear about all that stuff. I, I've not heard a lot. of. I mean, certainly you're aware that Charlie Ward played college football, uh, but but hi, hailing them as like uh, an early spread team. I, I've, I've never heard people do that, but uh, and maybe maybe the one game I watched was uh, aberrant or something like that. But I don't know. It, it was crazy to see. I do not remember that at all. Um, so 
I don't. I remember them being prolific offensively. I don't remember there being a them being a spread team at all. But I do remember him like uh, constantly being called. You know, because of like his basketball background, that he was like the true point guard quarterback. Yeah, dude. Like, I remember that being like a big terrifying deal when he took he off in, and run. Yeah. Well, this has been an incredibly sportsy podcast, TC. Hey, man, I love sports. That's what we're about. Well, That's what we've been about for all 10 years. <laughs> Just uh, harken back to the early days. So uh, we can get back to, to ranking which one of Brittany's butt cheeks is number one <laughs> and which one is two uh, on the live stream, I guess. And uh, yeah. Yeah, just watch my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash TC Fleming. That's how to watch. And uh, yeah, I love you guys so much. Thank thank you for the 10 years. You know, we, we probably wouldn't have been doing this 10 years on if uh, only 10 people had listened. And, you know, everything I said about how much that uh, I, I get enjoyment out of this, that enjoyment is supplied to me by you, the listener. So we appreciate you. We love you. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week or on Thursday or something. Or Saturday. Or Saturday. Everywhere. All right, later. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.